attention. The movie guys love movies. Any disparaging nicknames given to a Midwestern city, which was once the movie capital of the world, are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Chirac? I mean, the Windy City. I mean, home of the Cubs. Wait a minute. Cubs win World Series. And we couldn't even get that right. Disparage all of Chicago you I, want. I you, know. You can no longer disparage the Cubs. Am I right? <laughs> they may win it all next year. I'm a true fan. Win. I was hoping they would last year. They have, wow. they have everything in place, and they added to it this year. They you do. know what? Enough of this. Here we go. <laughs> trying to adhere myself to the locals. You came prepared. Yes, you may know our show is in Chicago this week, so this is me trying to get friendly with the natives. I don't want to go off on sports for too long, but Ben Zobrist was a great pickup. Okay, anybody got a comment on that? Nice, nice. All right. I'd say if that is that the pitcher? No, but John Lackey is nice. former Angel, which is my team. Mm, that's right. Oh that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With some time in Boston. But they got a lot of the Cardinals. Did they really? Yeah, they did. did. I? I think they picked up a couple. I okay. hope so. The thing, anyway, the weird thing about the Red Sox and Yankees and they hate each other is that Red Sox always go to the Yankees, but Yankees never go to the Red Sox. Mm. Oh, you mean for players? Or yeah, for like Ellsbury okay. went to okay. the Yankees, and go. this right. yeah, they, Boston loses their guys to the to the worst possible team <laughs> they could go to, but they never go back the other direction. Maybe Just, times are changing. Maybe for the future it'll change. Maybe for the future. They're spiffing up Wrigley Field with making a, a new uh, hotel with the McDonald's in it. That's true. Is that the thing that's going to kill the, the outfield view? Yeah, uh, no, that's a little further over, but it's still it's still part of the whole complex. They're still having a fancy McDonald's inside, so I'm that's happy. all yeah. we need more <laughs> McDonald's in Chicago. You're not eating enough at baseball <laughs> games. <laughs> hey, welcome to the movie showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guys empire, and we believe whatever doesn't kill you simply makes you stranger. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with rants, sketches, previews, characters, jokes, bits, banter, special guests, and more. You can expect that in the next hour or so as we broadcast from... Wait a second, we're not tucked in the Admirals Club as we often are. We're coming at you from the great city of Chicago. Hey! Specifically, Woo. the Foxhole Studio on the north side. That's right. All manner of creative events happen here. Uh, and this is new a place for all of you guys, too, right? All the local folks. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. On our panel today. Really we'll cool. introduce... Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. This flexible space, you could put it uh, to use for anything. I guess they do readings here. They do small productions here. They record demos here. Yeah. Yeah, they got a nice uh, studio. You could dance your butt off to that really cool jukebox over there. Mm. By the way, the jukebox has the best music. <laughs> and they, when I walked into Beatles and Black Crows, I'm like, please keep it coming. Right? Yeah, I don't know what the Grammys was playing the other day. But, <laughs> but if I may be Grandpa Preston for a moment, it weren't music. <laughs> If you're new to the Power of the Movie Showcast, you can catch us on iTunes, themovieguys.net, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher, and more. Just search the Movie Showcast or the Movie Guys on Yahoo, Google, or Bing! Bing! And we come right up. Don't forget, we're also available on WBAD Radio at WBAD.net, Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern. And don't forget, we're always part of Jamestown, New York Radio at WRFA 107.9 FM, Monday nights at 8. And as always, please subscribe where possible. Tell your friends, share and like posts and videos and all that stuff at the Movie Guys on Twitter on Facebook.com uh, slash TheMovieGuys, Vimeo, YouTube, wherever you find us. My name is Paul Preston, your host, here with an illustrious panel of Chicagoans joining us for the first time. You've heard them up till now in the show. It's time to get them introduced here. So we have joining us 
regular writing contributor to the showcast and to the movieguys.net, also an accomplished voiceover artist, actor, and writer, performer in numerous one-man shows in Chicago. You hear his name at the end of every show, and he is with <laughs> us, Steve Scholes, everybody. Thank you very much. It's nice to be able to put a face with my face. Yeah. So now you know what you look like. I'm glad, yeah. Also joining us is a longtime friend of mine and, uh, and movie showcast co-host, Karen Volpe's who appeared in a production of Schoolhouse Rock Live with Karen, mm -hmm. let's just say a while ago, and has gone to wow. a... Hey, I'm feeling... Not doing that for me. <laughs> I, I saw that production. Let's yeah. just it was say. A, she was great. Great show. Great show. Uh, she's since gone to appear on pretty much every stage in Chicago, from Bailiwick to Victory Gardens to the Royal George to I.O., Comedy Sports, and the Annoyance, where she can currently be seen in Pony Boy, Dory Goldman. Hey! Yay! I have so much plastic surgery that keeps me looking so young and vibrant. I want to thank you for putting it in a, in a smile, though, because so that's what we get when we first see it, at least. Yeah. You're frozen <laughs> in that position. It's good to have that. And finally, an actor and improviser who's one of the creative minds behind the web series Dorkumentary. Mm -hmm. He's also appeared in Chicago Fire, NCIS, Popular, and my name is Earl Adrian Dawn. Thank you for having me. Your applause team would go on longer, though. Yeah, mine, that was really long. Popular applause. fans? Yeah. We were regular on that show, would you say? I did 18 episodes. How so, many were there? Uh, there was two seasons. So I was going to be a regular the next season, mm. season three, but. Oh, really? wah, wah, wah. Sounds pretty regular to me. It yeah, does too. yeah, that like sounds it was kind of regular. Yeah, I well, mourned. 18 times. I mourned when it ended, whatever. Listen, you went 18 times, you know, and they wanted you there all yeah, 18 times. It was right. fun. Was, yeah. You know, as opposed to just going down there anyway. I didn't have to hold a gun to anyone's head to right. make me come back. <laughs> uh, here we're going to lead with what we come here to do every week, previewing what's new at the Multiplex as we present our patented and signature movie previews of all the new releases. This week sees three new releases coming to a theater near you, and we'll cover them all, including The Witch. No, it isn't a movie about Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. <laughs> Equal time. Equal time. Hey, uh -oh. We rip them all. Uh, we rip them all. Equal opportunity offenders. Did you not hear? Did I'll play it again. Equal time. Sorry, sorry, Hillary. Uh, Risen. This is an Easter movie that will have you saying, Jesus Christ, it's early for a film like this, don't you think? And Jason Sudeikis mm -hmm. puts aside his comedy chops and turns in a dramatic performance that critics are calling released in February. <laughs> it's race. <laughs> The American people need champions to remind them what they're capable of. Jesse, you're the best. You're the fastest man on the earth. Wow. This is our first Jesse Owens movie, is that correct? I almost think it is, unless wow. there's been some documentary about him. I, I think I, there have been. I'm yeah, sure yeah. there has. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and about, right, about being I find it hard to believe. What about a Usain Bolt movie? Mm. Is I know this is a precursor, right, to right. the Usain this, Bolt. Yes. Well, we'll have race. Ra and we'll raciest. Have the racier. <laughs> the yeah. racier. The racier. Yeah. The raciest. Uh -huh. Right. Yeah. yeah that's raciest. Uh, that he, he didn't fight any major battles, though, right? He just beat everybody and and then waved his hands in the air. He didn't really stand up to the Third Reich. Yeah, that was well, I was just gonna say <laughs> Nazi yeah. Germany. He did it. I mean, well, but good point, Steve. Right, but it's like so, yeah. Not personally, he didn't. Yeah, and thank God. No, well, I'm sure he does stand against the Third <laughs> Reich. Just no one has put the question to him. Right. How do you feel about the Third Reich? Right. Mr. Bolt, right. if you could please. 
how, how do they I'm feel sure about it? I'm sure Usain Bolt has some, <laughs> has some commentary on yeah. that now, but Jesse Owens, definitely. Right, Jamaica as a whole, I don't know. But mm-hmm. him, I think, he, yeah, as, yeah. A, as a competitor. I think it's timely that, that this movie's coming out now. And You, you do? Know, I do, I do, I actually. I mean, even though it's you know set in the past, I feel like it's addressing current issues for us. I would think so too. Yeah. But did yeah. the cops shoot him or something? No, no, no. <laughs> Was that too soon? <laughs> too, too soon, but you know, racial stuff's been going on. Yeah. It, well, uh, yes. Now and forever, sadly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But it's because we just had Chi-Town. the forty. We just had yeah. forty-two, right? Yeah. The the right. Jackie Robinson movie. And he right. encountered mm-hmm. a lot of the same stuff in a lot of a similar era. Um, it may have been, yeah, before this. Did it happen? I don't know. But it takes back. Almost concurrent, I think, maybe a little yeah. bit before. Mm. Either way, uh, he had a white guy telling him everything would be okay, right? Harrison mm. Ford in that one. Uh, right. And yeah. Now, so <laughs> now it's Jason Oh, Sedano. I thought Harrison Ford is in both movies that he's now sure. telling. Why not? He told Jesse Owens <laughs> and he, yeah. he might as well be. <laughs> right. If he can get the guy. And actually, Harrison Ford, the actual right. Harrison right. Ford, <laughs> is telling both of them. Yeah. And he hey, just took it's, playing it's himself. It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to our first film of the big weekend. It is The Witch, winner of the Sundance Best Director Award. Oh, good. I was worried I'd have to get tickets early to beat the millionaire elite ski enthusiast rush. (laughs) But they've all seen it. So, Steve, let's talk about it. Here we go. Here comes a February horror demographic hole filled with incredible word of mouth. The Witch tells the story of a woman who gets accused of being a witch at exactly the wrong time. I'm not a witch. I'm nothing you've heard. I'm you. Hang on a sec. That's, I'm pretty sure that's not it. All right, this is actually a drama set in Calvinist New England at a time so religious and conservative that it would make Ted Cruz lower taxes on the top 1% because he's for that and Jesus. Yes. Yes, uh, 17th century New England, which is not where witches originated, but we're pretty sure that's where they first used the term Wicca. Wicked. Wicked. Wicked, Wicca. A farmer is cast out of his colonial plantation for being too pious, if you can believe such a thing exists in 17th century colonial America. And so, along with his family and everything they can fit into the family wagon, they head out to start a new life on the edge of a forest that is rumored to be controlled by witches. Mm. Like they say in real estate, when choosing a new home, it's all about location, location, location. (laughs) (laughs) Not long after they've settled into a life of social isolation, they start to experience strange and unsettling things happening on their little slice of hell, like the animals becoming violent, their crops dying, and their newborn child goes missing, all of which leads them to suspect not the haunted forest they live next to, but rather their own daughter. Here's a clip. Pretty sure that was a Princess Bride. Yeah, uh, I yeah. see where you're going, Steve. Yeah. But the, these are, are these witchery happenings really scary? Okay, you milk your goat and it gives out blood. That's a digestive problem, not witchcraft. Yeah. Just being rational here. Your child starts floating under a blanket. Maybe he's got gas. People didn't know, 17th <laughs> mm-hmm. century. And that baby who disappears when you play peekaboo, maybe you shouldn't have closed your eyes for so long. Think about it, H.I. Mm-hmm. In the face of mounting suspicion, the family turns against their daughter, blaming her and her witchery for all the ills that have befallen the family, leading them to cast her out away from the rest of the family, kind of like the Kardashians did with Courtney, or Brody, or Thad, Chris? I, I don't know. I'm guessing. I don't watch that show. Yeah, you're not the only one. But the daughter gets the boot because the evidence is stacked against her. What makes you think she's a witch? Well, she turned me into a newt. A newt. 
We got better. <laughs> oh, and uh, we have a new entry into the Buong Hall of Fame. Steve, you know this is my favorite thing in the world. I'm glad. For yeah. those of you who don't know, uh, showcasing goofy trailer sound effects. Mm-hmm. Because if you really take a step back from all these sound effects they put in trailers, duh, duh, duh. They're dumb. Yeah, they're dumb. You've heard Buong. Let me play Buong. This guy started it all. We named the Hall of Fame after him. That's from Transformers. Mm, that's Buong. Yeah. yeah. But the new sound effect found in the Witch trailer has been dubbed Gong P by Steve. Right? <laughs> Why is that, Steve? I think when you hear it, it'll make sense. All right. It sounds like Buong's little cousin here who is not potty trained. Oh, I right. see that description. Well, yeah, let's listen so. to it. So somewhere in the Witch... We have the story go along, then they flash the title of the movie, and we hear... Mm-hmm. Okay, the humming, that was you, Adrian, right? Yeah. Okay, because it sounded like it was part of the... <laughs> <laughs> mm, the witch. Kind of adds yeah. to it. I, I just yes. was, you know, really feeling the gong. Adrian, give me a little drop. more of that. Now that's the film to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it the witch peeing? And should we be scared if so? All right, I'm not going to do it again. I, no, no, I think, it's not, I, I think that's about it. Yeah. The story also perpetuates a not so subtle form of sexism. I mean, when was the last time you saw a horror film from the 1600s about a warlock? Yeah. But thankfully, all of the crazy biblical hysteria is behind us. Unless it's an even numbered year divisible by four and you're watching Ted Cruz kiss this guy's ass. Romans chapter 1, verse 32, the Apostle Paul does say. That homosexuals are worthy of death. His words, not mine. Yay, Ted Cruz, everybody. Love that guy. Equal time. We'll take that over. And that's The Witch. Maybe with an actual horror clip at the end. Right. There with Kevin Swanson, that guy's name, by the way, if you want to write him and call him a (laughs) dirtbag. We were talking a little bit about the preview in, in a quick break, and I actually do think this kind of stands out as a horror film because a lot of the contemporary horror films seem to have uh, like a very in-your-face approach with the trailers, like mm-hmm. you know, like literally things thrown at the camera, like right. people, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah, objects, anything else, and also and also the sense that you know this is where it's scary. There's this big build-up, and then there's the release. But doesn't yeah. it kind of seem like the Crucible with a goat? It <laughs> seems like, I mean, isn't it, it like a like scary crucible and then buying at it? Like, Would you say the crucible is kind of gold standard for witch stories, though? So it's kind of like everything uh, yeah. in its wake in that time period. It's all crucible I think it's like the Blair Witch only period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's scary. Filmed with like a single camera. I don't know if you'll get that. Yeah, I don't know if you'll get that. It seems like this guy's really being cinematic about No, he, he actually is. It, it looked in, in that way. I meant that it just looked really scary. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. 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 And a lot of it seems to happen. I mean, there are certain strange things that happen on camera, like the cut of the, you know, there's the goat that's giving the blood when you're milking the goat, that sort of thing. But there are other moments that, that seem to happen either very rapidly or the tension yeah. builds in the trailer so much that. It is scary without being in your face scary. Yeah, and like Blair Witch, yeah. you're creating a uh, evil character from scratch, so you right. just kind of have free reign to be mm-hmm. do whatever you want. Yeah, and anytime like a child is just disappears, or anytime mm-hmm. like a person like you look Ugh. back okay. and that person is gone, like Halloween, or you know, like <laughs> mm-hmm. you like there's where's my baby, where's my goat, like they're just gone. <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> yeah, scary. And then the oh, where is that goat? <laughs> you know, then it just appears there. <laughs> Oh, right. goat! <laughs> I'm over. I'm over here, Mom. 
Is that, that's an awful, sorry. That's, that's an awful goat. I'm just going, bah. No. Anything with goats freak me out because their eyeballs are weird. They got uh, the slanty, you know what I mean? Instead of the vertical people, that's they true. got the slant. They got the horizontal. I'm just still stuck on Dory's apology for the goat noise you made. <laughs> not being authentic. It's absolute. I think I'm terrible at accents and dialects and obviously animal noise. At goat, I think, yeah, it's probably your worst. I mean, just saying, bah, does not actually make an a true animal no, okay. noise. And since, I, I, and since you said ma instead of ba, I, I did think not. You, yeah, I like, used to be. Kind of like we should play like a I, Jimmy Cagney. We should play it know? back. I yeah. used to be. Uh, I used the. I used ba, but you know, I could have said qua. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe weird animal noises not on the resume. Maybe just no, leave it off. I, I don't put. <laughs> I, put, I still skills. put flag no. twirling on the resume, but I. But I do Wait, not. Wait, what is that? You talking well, about like I, color well, guard? Yeah. Right. Sure. I did flags, but. Funny that I did flags a million years ago, but I still put it on my resume because honestly, if you give me a flag right now, I could twirl you get, it. Yeah, you'll twirl it. Go, death, girl. Sure. You can maintain it. That makes sense. That's good. Now, Steve was mentioning, uh, oh, and you might, you, maybe you were just going to mention it. No, what is it? Why say? is it always in this Massachusetts area of the world where this, these things go down? Did, were there no witches in Pennsylvania? Were there no witches in Iowa? Were there no witches in Alabama, Texas, yeah. yeah, they were closeted, maybe <laughs> like yeah. not encouraged to come out. No good PR teams to develop the stories or something. It just, yeah, it just it always seems biased towards the Northeast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like that's the cliche. We associate that with that either either that era or that part of that part of the world. Yeah, Poor Vegas, Massachusetts, no, right? Yeah, yeah. Red Poor Sox hadn't won yet by this point, right? Seventeenth century. Yeah, they're <laughs> just all feeling bad <laughs> for themselves. <laughs> Oh, the it, Salem witches was that the team back in the day? <laughs> the Salem, yeah. the Salem witches, them. yeah, yeah. They, they always, were, they always won. They, yeah, yeah. They were, they, they were wore winners. black hats. And yet still, <laughs> right? They were the few, yeah, the earliest black hat teams. Yeah, <laughs> White Sox had nothing. Well, let's not forget the scariest part of the whole movie. Romans chapter one, verse thirty-two. Get out of here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> On to our next film. Nice. Our next film deals with the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how it frustrated the Roman soldiers of the time. Obviously. This should be coming at the end of March, but in a perfect symbol of 2016 box office trends, even Jesus had to steer clear of Superman. <laughs> Dory, let's tell the people what it's all about. Here we go. Actually, you know what? Before we jump too deep into this preview, uh, this uh, movie is called Risen. So let's play a round of... It's yes, it's time for Guess What It's About. We often play this in our Burbank studios, looking at a title and trying to figure out just what the hell the movie is about. So mm, let's okay. see how well you guys do here. Adria, what do you think the movie Risen is about? Is it a horror film about the crop of raisins in Ireland? Don't go putting that Risen on your cereal. You don't know where it's been. You know, a horror film about a crop of raisins in Ireland does sound fascinating, I Adria. Yeah. And you might think that being it's an indie film, perhaps, but no. Uh, Dory, uh, what, is, uh, what is Risen? Fine. Is it a documentary about that nasty powder on all those letters mailed to the president? Hmm? You're thinking of ricin. So what's in my cert's breath mint? That's retsin. Ah, tomato, tomato. Right. Steve, your turn. Sure. Risen. Yes, uh, Risen is the past tense version of hip-hop artist RZA, meaning he's done being the famed leader of the Wu-Tang Clan. Oh. Very confident about that. Can you use it in a sentence? Sure. <clears throat> RZA would have loved to attend your Easter brunch, but he is risen. <laughs> Steve, that is, uh, that's wrong. 
You mean Risen, we're, we're all wrong? <laughs> yes, you're all wrong. Oh my God. No one's ever what? right when we play this game. Uh, Everybody's wrong. This is I insane. Would bet on Guess speed. what it's about, can, and, and can we're we, O forever. Can, can we, um, we're in Chicago. Can we vote again? No. No? But we'll count it. Okay. Since when? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Risen is actually the story of the investigation into a missing body. The missing body of Jesus. <laughs> Risen brings a whole new take on the story of the resurrection of Jesus that I'd never thought about. A bunch of people wondering where the hell he went. Yeah, after being persecuted and killed and then having his body sealed in an earthen tomb, the remains of Jesus are discovered to be missing. Well, it just didn't get up and walk away. <laughs> or did it? <laughs> You'll be riveted as Penn and Teller try to see if they can figure out how Jesus pulled it off. I hated it from the moment you walked out. I tell you, when I saw him sitting there with his beady little eyes, I wanted you as dead as a hammer. I feel the love. Thank you. Right there. No, you don't feel any love. You feel nothing but hate. <laughs> my, fa my favorite anarchist. <laughs> and so is the charge of Clavius, a Roman centurion ordered by Pontius Pilate to figure out what happened to the body of Yeshua, otherwise known as Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, so he had an alias, did he? Sounds pretty suspicious to me. You know, they also called him Captain of Salvation, so look for him to make an appearance in the next Avengers movie. Mm. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick Fury shows up at the grave? Sure. That's the whole thing. Uh, Pontius Pilate suspects that Jesus' followers have absconded with the body and ventured off on some sort of holier-than-thou weekend at Bernie's adventure, all in an attempt to bring an uprising to Nazarene. But Pontius is hell-bent on making sure everything is in order for the emperor's arrival, because if he can't find that boy, oh man, I'm guessing hilarity will ensue. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Either hilarity or damnation for all non-believers. You know what, on second thought, I'm going with damnation. <laughs> I like it. This badassed up, kick-ass biblical tale is sure to stir the ire of people who like their Bible stories boring and starring Charlton Heston and or Mel Gibson. It's basically CSI BC, or would this be CSI AD? I, see, the movie takes place during the time that Jesus was actually alive, so it would be between BC and AD. So what is that? DC during Christ? It's CSI DC. <laughs> Uh, that was the law and order sound effect. There's a difference? Oh, wait, here. <laughs> Turn back to stone. <laughs> All right. Jesus isn't the only one returning after a mysterious disappearance as the movie stars Joseph Fiennes, mm. playing Mel Gibson, playing Russell Crowe as Clavius. Yes, Joseph Fiennes, the Roger Clinton of the Fiennes family. That's a that's a dose, that's, uh, that's, Clinton. It's deep there. The Holy Spirit clearly has an effect on Clavius. In one climactic moment in the trailer, he falls to his knees and speaks in tongues. Sorry, that's from Joseph Fine's upcoming film, Elizabeth, Michael, and Marlon. You may have heard <laughs> yes. he will be playing Michael Jackson. Yes. Yeah. All right, thank you. I, I cannot wait for that. You should have <laughs> asked me to play it. Actually, I was up for it, so just saying. With Risen and other recent faith-based films, it appears that the resurrection of Jesus has been getting the Rashomon treatment. Uh, let me explain. For those of you in the Snapchat generation who don't recognize that reference, 
Think of your favorite concert where everyone in the audience has their own Periscope feed. Then they post competing clips of it on Instagram. Then they fight about how it all went down on Yik Yak. It's kind of like that. There you go. Hey! Oh, in a movie, it's a two-hour story projected onto the screen with actors. With lights. A lot of Grandpa Prescott going on. I don't know why. Working the car show here in Chicago. I'm surrounded by a lot of... 20-year-old models. Why am I complaining again? All right, so <laughs> Risen. <laughs> Stop myself halfway through that realization of what I'm doing all day. <laughs> they, don't know, they don't know who Kurosawa is? You try to strike up conversations? Akira. Akira Kurosawa. Yeah, you, don't, you don't know Russian Akira Kurosawa? You don't, you don't. Ron? Throne of Blood? <laughs> Come on. They're like, I saw American Pie, too. <laughs> the I, Michael Jackson statue at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, the mannequin that they put some of his famous clothes on that they've Mm-hmm. That the Hall of Fame was I given. I haven't seen this yet. It's white. Is it? It's well, white, white mannequin. So it's the so mm. it's the later Michael. So it's more realistic. Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> he was a white dude. Watch this. Is it? I mean, he's oh. just well, a white. Well, he dude. had. Did he have vitiligo? Oh, vitiligo. I was about to say yeah. impetigo, which is like when you have the cold. But he did go from from black skin to white skin. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's still a, he's still a black man. Absolutely dressed in a white suit. He's the Caitlyn Jenner and of Kings of Pop. I yeah. feel that uh, they should have a black man play him in the beginning. You know? And oh, then he right. turns into Joseph oh, they do the life story? Actually, thing? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe yeah, like Carl Weathers. needs to be an African American. Carl <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, Spike Lee is doing a film, I think, on the Jackson family. He, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I don't know if anybody's been cast officially for that yet, but... Adrian. You know, for that one too. <laughs> well, you guys, we'll get into this in a little bit when we talk about myself. Sure, <laughs> I think it's worth doing. Oh, see, I, we might get a scoop here because you probably can't talk about that. Ooh, that's a good point. But now, but here I open the microphone. Tell us, okay, so how you're going to be cast as one of the Jackson Five. Okay, nobody <laughs> believes me, and I'm not kidding, but I'm actually legally a minority, and I'm not joking. No, I, I think I know. I think yeah. I know why. For those of you uh, listening to the audio podcast and not seeing the video. <laughs> <laughs> Adria is talking through pale skin and red hair. Red hair. So you're Irish? Explain. Y- you know my grandmother's African-American and my, oh. my deceased grandfather is Caucasian. And they had a child and he was biracial and mm-hmm. he is my dad. Got it. Oh. And so, yeah, he married uh, a white woman years ago. Okay. She's on her third marriage. She's very happy, by the way. So, yeah. Very nice. I'm a quarter. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So cool. I could play Michael Jackson, people. That's do you right. hear me? Spike Lee, do you hear that? Spike, I'm here Come for back you. to Chirac. <laughs> I don't want to cage you in. I don't want to limit your abilities. So. Man, woman, black, white, whatever you want. What those people weird who are like, I'm a quarter Native American, and I'm a quarter black, I'm a quarter Italian, a quarter Jewish, well, now that and I'm they a quarter have all the I, uh, you know, Irish. And I'm a qu- and let's see, like five people. Because they have all those <laughs> tests now that you can do. That I want to go on the ancestry show. Mm-hmm. I'm so fascinated. Yeah. Anyway. Which show is that? Like the one. The one on uh, PBS, the ancestry one. Mm-hmm. Is that where um, they bring in the celebrities and they tell them your yeah. dad was or Eli just Whitney. regular people right? too? Yeah, yeah, right. totally. I love it. I'm is obsessed. that like the Antiques Roadshow of, <laughs> of your genes? Oh. Yes. Now, it's up there with now, Antiques We're looking Roadshow. at your DNA here. And it, it seems it seems like it's been in an attic for a while, but so it, no, it's not, it's not it, in the best. You've neglected your genes. You've neglected your if genes. You it's care not of more worth forty thousand dollars. <laughs> it's not. It's probably worth ten grand and a good day. Yeah. What if you found out your dad was like a, you know, Goebbels second in command or something? 
Well, as a Jew, hmm. I would be <laughs> extremely concerned. Upset. Yes, or I upset. Be, Jump right to upset, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of risen. <laughs> yeah, you excited? You going? No, I really, I, I'm, I'm an, I'm a very bad Jew. I really don't know a lot about all this. So actually, I, I well, am Jesus interested. Was one. Yeah. Right, Jesus yeah. was start a you Jew. On that path. Yeah. I know that because a lot of people stand on the corner and yell at me while giving out <laughs> pamphlets, saying pamphlets saying Jesus is a Jew. Yeah. But I am fascinated by movies like this because it does. I think for people who don't know a lot about the Bible and, but. For this one in particular, the fact that he gets lost or yeah. runs, I think that is fascinating. Where did he go? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it will appear to uh, appeal to non-believers because the Clavius role, he he does not believe. You right. know what I mean? And there are a lot of people that don't believe. That's the promotion material. You see yeah. the story and of I Jesus through the eyes of a non-believer. Yeah, right. that, I think that's how they're going to get people in the seats because they're, you know, they have every right to non-believe, you know? Yeah. yeah. And the faith-based films, we were talking about this a bit before as well, that they tend they tend to find an audience. I don't know if they've ever lost money. I mean, something like something like Little Boy, which came out a little while ago, kind of had that vibe to it of being a faith-based film. Oh, absolutely. And and mm. I don't know how well it did. I don't think it you know eh. succeeded. I feel like War Room did well. Right, right, right. And so you've got there's obviously the War Room. It was, a, it was a faith-based movie. Yeah, that was faith-based. Movie. Based yeah. Movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's definitely not the documentary. To- tomato, with- tomato. <laughs> <laughs> So if people if it finds people to see it, I think that works. I I was I also it also occurs to me this weekend in particular we have a horror film, The Witch. Yes. We've got a faith based film, Risen. Yes. Which both kind of seem like two sides of the same coin. You've got the devil, you've got God, and I'm wondering if then there's going to be at some point a horror based faith film, you know, mm. which would you know about um, extreme Jews. <laughs> yeah, you know, extreme. about the Hasidic right. Jews on Easter Sunday. <laughs> Jesus is back and he wants your soul. Is that Mary Magdalene chiming in there? Right, yeah. I am a sinner. <laughs> I don't know how to love him. Anyway. I think you've just <laughs> been cast in the Jackson movie, the Jackson family <laughs> movie. All right, our final film of the big weekend is a true story about racism. Sure to win an Oscar uh, when the Academy sees the story of the fastest man alive. Mm, but it wasn't released in time to qualify. Oh, too slow. Well, that's a bad sign. Steve, yeah. let's talk about race anyway. Sure. Here we go. Just in time for the height of the presidential campaigning, it's race. Uh, no, you're mistaken. The movie isn't about r- people running for office. Rather, the race in this race is actually about race and a race. Who are you and how did you get in here? I'm a locksmith. And I'm a locksmith. <laughs> <laughs> we only steal from the best. Oh, I see what it's about now. Despite the release of Fifty Shades of Black a couple of weeks ago, Black History Month continues now with the Jesse Owens story, Race. That's right. Take a break every day, white racists. The Nazis will take it from here, as Race tells the story of Jesse Owens' defiance of white supremacists in 1936, when the Olympics was hosted by the Third Reich, the most racist invention in history, until Twitter. Actor Stephen James plays Jesse Owens, the greatest track and field athlete of all time, even better than Bruce and Caitlyn Jenner put together. Actually, Bruce and Caitlyn are put together, if you know what I mean. 
We don't. This is a story of Owen's historic triumph in the face of racial discrimination, both here and abroad during the 1936 Olympic Games in Berlin, Germany, where he collected four gold medals by hurdling both racial prejudice and actual hurdles, Mm. proving to the world that America's racism wasn't as bad as Germany's. The movie's tagline says, in 10.3 seconds, Jesse Owens changed the world. So this is a short film. Jason Sudeikis joins fellow actors Aaron Eckhart and Kevin Costner as Hollywood also celebrates White Coach History Month, which is pretty much (laughs) every month. And after Creed last fall and now Race, look for the next film of the series this summer, Sexual Orientation. There you go. Of course. That's great. That makes sense. I like that. <laughs> I was saying before we started the show that you go to you start. Well, I know Michael Jackson was a movie ago, but <laughs> you start watching those clips. You get in the video wormhole and you start watching Michael Jackson videos, and they were great. And oh was, yeah, yeah. Rock absolutely. with you, all the old. We well, think he'll show up in race. Michael Jackson shows up. They're doing as one of the other. I don't know. Now I'm excited. Now I just want Michael Jackson. As Jason Sudeikis, I don't know. Yeah. Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis. Are you? Are, are any of you bothered by the the dubstep hip hop that's in the background of this trailer? Oh, I pulled a clip of that. I pulled a clip of that. Here, let me play it. Because it's like black and white. There's only fast and slow. Nothing matters. Not color. Not money. Not even hate. 1936. Now, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken, was Selma when Selma came out? Was would do? Does anybody remember the trailer for that? Did it have something like that? I think I it had a little of the Oscar-winning song by right. Common and Is John Common? Legend. Yeah. Common and yeah. and John Legend. Okay. Which, but I love that song, and mm-hmm. it just won a Grammy. That's a great song. Oh, did it? This, yeah. Grand 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 and it won an Academy The music award. we just yeah. heard didn't bother me. I, it didn't bother me. It kind of jazzed me up. Like, you know. You're excited you know. now? I like some hip hop. It makes me <laughs> maybe want to see the movie more. And I'm wondering if that's if that's the marketing ploy. It's to bring people in in spite of the subject matter. Now, we've, we've checked in with Jesse Owens, I think, in most of America, and uh, Hussein Bolt. But Dory, where do you stand on the third right? <laughs> I, I thought I gave you my... Did you? Oh, okay. No, I, I you know what? How about this? I'm pro. So pro. No. Come on. <laughs> I'm just checking in. Is there hip-hop with the uh, third ring? You, you were talking about how excited you were getting. Right? A whole bunch. <laughs> All the, Olympics in Berlin. Are the Nazis <laughs> going <laughs> to be uh, well, spitting some rhymes? The thing is... Black and white is only fast and slow. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing matters. Not color, not money, not even hate. Uh. I mean, if that was playing when I was running, I would run faster. I think he has but the church to show you glimpses of heaven. <laughs> this, this is a good music, yeah. Yeah, yeah this sounds good. Yeah. We should play this more often. It yeah. isn't, like it isn't a documentary. It isn't a documentary, so I think it's You know who rare. likes the hip-hop? Gowering likes <laughs> the hip-hop. He likes the hip-hop. Do, did you yeah. find, is he listening to us through his headphones? He is listening always to everything. This is what I ordered him to do. What uh, are the Dr. Dre headphones? It's the Beats by Dre. Beats by Dre. Beats by Goering. You have all the Nazis with Beats by Dre. Yes. <laughs> Bobbing their heads. Beats the Jews by Goering. That's what we do. It was going to be called that, but it's called Race <laughs> Instead. <Yeah. laughs> 
Uh, well, did they? Who do you think the the Third Reich hated more, blacks or Jews? Oh, I think Jews. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they just weren't a lot of blacks killed around. Killed more of the Jews. So, yeah. so I'm both. gonna let's go so by, by who math. I you would have a point. probably say of the Jews. Yes. They were local, so yeah. 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 And they're not going all the way to the states to kill black people. <laughs> right. I think you guys. I think the the greatest clip of all time uh, television history flew by everybody i want to play it again it was from police squad yes this is my favorite clip of all time someone put it on the internet as this is the best funniest clip ever and i went (laughs) whatever let's see and it's the funniest thing of all time who are you and how did you get in here i'm a locksmith and i'm a locksmith I, I did love, love so I much. did love some police squad when that was running. It was quite good. <laughs> How'd you get in here? Who are you? How'd you get in here? I'm a locksmith. And I'm a locksmith. That's just too funny. All right, enough of that nonsense. We have entirely different nonsense to attend to with That's our guests. Right. Dory Goldman and Adria Dawn, everybody. Hey, where did our music go? There it is. Adria Dawn, your actual name? Adria Dawn is my name. Yeah. My first yeah. and middle name. Oh, I see. What mm-hmm. the middle name thing? Mm-hmm. Not a lot of Adrias out there. You, did you, you didn't change it to for SAG reasons, did you? No, and there's no N in Adria. It's just Adria. Adria Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you said. Did I say Adrian? No. Oh. No, but, but that's everybody. Everybody does. does. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking you could be worse because if you're Andrea, then you're potentially Andrea, or you're potentially Andrea, or you're potentially Andrea. I mean, there's just too many things. I've just never named my kid that name. Yeah. I like my name. Yeah, yours. Yeah. I, I get how it's now. How it's I hated pronounced. it as a child. Oh, but yeah, that's why I named my son Hart. You know, so mm. we can. His name is Hart. His name is Hart. Yeah. H a r t. Yeah, screw that up. Shucks. But yeah, yeah. for but Valentine's Day. You know, but that goes over well with the boys. You know, in class and all that. So mm. he gets a. T- he's gonna get a tough skin, just Here like I his st- mama. Like I started mm. with you, so let's talk about you for a sec. Oh, okay. And you know, Steve from this uh, Chicago. What is it called? Chicago Acting and Film Meetup, CAFM. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what, how is the state of Chicago cinema these days? Because we goofed at the top that it once was bigger than Hollywood. That's right. And so you're going back yeah. like you know, 100 years or whatever. Uh, SNA that. Studios and Chaplin, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But how is it doing today? It's good today. It's really yeah. doing, doing well today. You know, yeah. we've got all the, the meds, Chicago Med, and yeah. Fire, and PD, and Law's coming, and Empire. Yeah, Law is coming? Yeah. Is there a, a, a profession? <laughs> when do they stop? Like, how far do they go? Ask Dick Wolf. Butcher? He'll yeah. just right. Dick Wolf needs to make a Chicago Adria. <laughs> a Chicago <laughs> Steve. Chicago Dawn. Right, yeah, exactly. Chicago Dawn. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great title. That makes perfect sense. I'll, I'll tell him to, to, to make that show. But you were, you were on one of these, right? <laughs> oh, briefly. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. What'd you do? Um, Give me your line. Was it one line? I think I screamed when some guy um, pulled his... When, when the lead guy... Uh, they they were uh, pretending to. <laughs> was so this fire or PD? This was fire. So they, se- Severide was it? Severide? Yeah, Severide okay. was pretending to. Well, they all went and visited their pal who was in like this the psychiatric ward and. Sure. Uh, they were gonna moon him to kind of make him laugh, and they don't moon him. They moon me. Mm-mm, yes, instead. Yeah. Yes, and yeah, pretty fun. So, that's what I did on that. And so, uh, <laughs> Dory, when are you gonna be on there? Oh, I. You know, I don't. It's like early really edition, right? I don't want to do date myself, but I'm, everyone kind of gets through, goes through the show at one point. It gets. I'm going to wait for Chicago convenience store mm, or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. No, I don't do a lot of on camera. Most of my stuff is really 
on the stage. Oh. I'm a fan of stage as well. Yeah. Holla at the stage. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd like to. I just don't pursue it. I'm awful with heck. I don't audition. I don't do a lot of... Th- I mean, I think you have to audition for things, right? To get cast and things. You do. Yeah, I don't still. do a lot you of do. that. Still. I don't do... I don't do... <laughs> it's not like I'm anti. Do they I still call anyway, though? Oh. Well, for stage stuff, yeah. they do. But I don't... Aud- yeah, I get very, very nervous. You guys get so much time for stage. I mean, I audition for stage sometimes, too, and... But yeah, it's so much. But I don't audition for stage stuff either. It's really just. So I I commend you guys for doing what you do because you guys go out there a lot and you guys are actually doing auditions and a lot of them, right? Yeah. When we can, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when the opportunity arises, I mean, it's it's nice to have not just the major TV shows, but also the indie film market in yeah. Chicago in particular. That's great. And I mm-hmm. think the Midwest has really been beneficial. And mm-hmm. there's a there's a film that you were in, Adria, that Steve told me about called Uncle John. Yeah. So yeah. explain me that movie. Uh, Uncle John, uh, starring the amazing John Ashton, who you may remember from uh, old school King Kong and. Beverly Hills Cop. And yeah, all that's that. right. Midnight yeah. Run. Uh, Marvin. He, yeah, he's he was great to work with. So it's just basically it's uh, his story about. Well, I don't want to give it away, but it's a uh, kind a guy of a, who's an uncle. A guy who's an uncle named John. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, that much is true. It's but yeah. like a murder mystery whodunit mm-hmm. set in Wisconsin. Is there a Third Reich in it at all? I just no Third Reich. <laughs> no. no oh, good. Then I can go it. see it. There's no, fires. No dubstep. No. No, but it, it's it's one of those indies that has really taken off, and I'm so happy to be a part of. It's on Netflix. It uh, had. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Well, I'll go watch it. It's on Netflix and uh, other. That does mean it took sides. off. Though. Yeah, and it had a distribution throughout the U.S. and in different theaters and stuff so played at south by southwest yeah. did you get to sit on one of those panels right and answer questions no no mm-hmm. no <laughs> that's why <laughs> she's here now let's, let's do that today yeah, yeah, let's, do that now. Your well, panel let's do that now but not having seen the movie at all <laughs> so well i actually had i i happened to see it because the mid, uh the midwest independent film festival which is here in, in oh chicago yeah, it played there too uh-huh. played the film and uh, and then it won their year-end best of the midwest awards as best feature for last year so yeah, it's got some. It's got some. And then in Chicago and distribution. Wis- yep, and I get it. And I do a Wisconsin dialect. Oh, that's right. <laughs> is it as good as your Irish dialect? Because then <laughs> oh, I'm thinking. Right? I'm no. thinking. Do you do a <laughs> goat best. at all, uh, Adrian? Yeah. <laughs> that's why I don't. Uh, <laughs> See, she got the. I would sheepish. cast her. I would cast uh, yeah, her. You're all sheep-like. <laughs> I would cast her. How did you get involved in in the project? Then was it something you had auditioned for, or were you contacted uh, by somebody on the production team? You know, to be totally honest, it was a lower budget film, but they did have a union contract. That's and right. I got. Yeah. Uh, I think my agent asked me, "Would you be interested in something like this?" And I got the script early, and I was like, "Yeah." Um, but then it said. Uh, you need a, a dialect for this. And I didn't, you know, offhand could whip out a Wisconsin dialect, so I actually got coached on the dialect. And I'm so so glad that I had as much time as I did to kind of prepare for the audition because, uh, yeah, I'm kind of a nerd that way. So I think that really helped. But, yeah, through O'Connor casting. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. the great David O'Connor. Yeah. Yes. And Joan and all, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matt. Still getting it done. That's a That was a power... A yeah. pretty powerful office back in the day is probably only more so now, right? Is it like the main office for Step in Town? It's one of it's actually one of five. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because yeah. yeah, and I know, and uh, you were you were here in the up, up until you and Karen moved out to Los Angeles, right? I mean, you did the the boat stuff. Yeah. And then you yeah. So so were there were like Jane Brodies, was right? Was that she had there been? Were, there were Rachels and, all over the place. And Jane Byrne. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. The mayor casting. Right, the uh, mayor casting agency. The uh, it was yeah, and and so right now you've got y- you you have 
David O'Connor, or O'Connor Casting, as well as um, PR Casting, which is Pascal Rudnicki Casting, Claire Simon, who, with Simon Casting, oh, does, yeah. all, does uh, the vast majority of the Dick Wolf projects. And then you've got uh, Marissa Ross, who also r- works with Crystal Cargi, yeah. both of whom came into Chicago from working on the coast, and they're now casting Chicago Med, projects for The Onion, and other things that are coming through. Pilots. You were on The Onion, weren't you, Steve? I did a couple of things for The Onion. That's cool. That's the coolest. man. And that's fun. It's just like, yeah. Never not funny. I just, their consistency (laughs) is stunning. It's staggering. Yeah. Yeah. Written, video, audio, just continually, and it's not a single thing that doesn't hit the mark. Yeah. Bullseye. Yeah. The Onion is phenomenal. And as they've moved, I would give. I would love to be any part of that. Good for you, man. Well, you should move yeah. back here because that's I, yeah. that's that's why yeah. they cast a lot of folks from Chicago because they're based here primarily for that. Yeah. And and some of what they do, I don't know. Four Star Casting does as much with them, but Four Star Casting is another agency. So as the cool. shows have picked up, a lot has come through. I don't know if Chicago. the onion's going to work out because when I came here today, it was it was cold. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I'm out. Who casts for Empire? That would be Simon Casting. Simon. Yeah. yeah. And that's I, one that have Simon either of you been on? Not as of yet. Have you been have you auditioned for anything? No, not for Empire, no. And I think what also uh, this is something that comes up in discussions with the Chicago Acting and Film Meetup, we realize that for as many opportunities as there can be in Chicago, there may not be roles for everybody right away. Right. And if and if I'm not, you know, if, if I'm not the type that they're looking for for a certain show or, or something, I'm obviously not going to play Lucius on Empire, but <laughs> I might get to be the Rolling Stone reporter what? that follows him around. Right. I know, heartbreaking. But is that Terrence Howard? That is Terrence Howard. Okay. Yes. I don't yeah. watch this. <laughs> you should. I hear that show he super melodramatic. just like Steve. Just <laughs> look at Steve. They look exactly. <laughs> Listen, They're the same type. I'm obsessed with Empire. Are you? I love it, right? I oh, love really? it. I yeah. love Empire. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So yeah. there's some stuff happening. Which is good. And it's nice. Well to played, have Adria. That'll get you cast. Nice <laughs> work. Pull that clip. <laughs> but yeah. And, and so we are in it. I think we're in a good market. And, and Uncle John, how many days were you on? the set for that. I do remember driving to Wisconsin and being uh, on a farm with cows and a dog and thinking, wow, this these cows are so cute. <laughs> <That> <laughs> pulled me back into my vegetarian days. Ooh, uh, yeah. that's interesting. But it was great. It was fun. I love working in indie film. I, I feel really you know excited when I get to work with cool people. That's Shucks. good. Well, and yeah. then you made your own. So we have this thing oh, yeah. now called Dorkumentary. Dorkumentary's been going on forever. I have a, a little production company with my husband, mm-hmm. who I met in L.A. Uh, we lived there for a while. Yeah, Dorkumentary is an all-improv web series loosely based on real-life events. And mm. someday soon, I'm going to uh, air our Chicago one that's coming out. We shot it all in Chicago, called Frenemies. Ooh. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you had one where you played like a maniacal babysitter. I watched that. Oh episode. yeah, yeah. That's based on a real thing. That, that was it. The two of you looking for a, a babysitter, and then you improvised how crazy well, she was. Well, we we just we were we're we're really neurotic in case you can't tell. <laughs> and uh, I have one child, and he's my precious still. So we were just always really nervous about who we would leave the baby with. So that's where that came from. Sure. That's probably the least of the the true stories. Uh, I should hope so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> watch it. Yeah. That's the nightmare. Crazy, yeah. just a crazy person. But Fran Mies is coming out. We're excited about that. But let me play the the clip of the from the very first episode of Dorkumentary, which kind of 
plays out like a great second city five through the door because oh, yeah. you play all the different characters who show up at the, the counter at this store uncle yeah. jairs or something that's where i used to work and those are all based on real people that i used to come in contact with and here they are hi nomi needs to use your bathroom really really bad you're not supposed to use the bathroom hey hey Hello there. Are you the owner? They're not in right now. My product's all organic. We use recycled food containers, Chinese food cartons. How adorable is that? We package placenta, pure placenta. We just put it in here. We freeze it, and then you thaw it out, and you eat it a spoonful a day, preferably in the morning. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I'm Doug. I, I called you earlier. Uh, I need some, uh, some kind of real pretty like paper to wrap a present for me. I know that it's usually got to be uh, your store stuff, but I got about 24 guns. I need wrap for Christmas. <laughs> I, I met half those people doing the auto show. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I we've showed a new all-terrain GMC Acadia. It's like a crossover yeah. SUV type thing with all this room in the back to oh. which a guy in Michigan said, I can put my guns back there. <laughs> like, why do you have guns? Why? <laughs> just if he said I can put like, my gun back there, they, you'd be okay with that? Well, the fact that they just pulled the third row of seats out of this truck, like that's how much room he needed. Oh, wow. Yeah. So We made yeah. a flexible storage space by pulling the last row of seats out of this. Oh, I could put a number of coolers back there. I could put my dog crates and snowboards back my there. My family. Guy goes right to guns. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how many guns he has. You know. Welcome to our world. To Michigan. Right. Yeah. Midwest. I've right. been here in a while. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so great. So, so that's done then, documentary, and now uh, you're on to the next one? Well, uh, yeah, we have one in post. Uh, one in post called Frenemies, like I said. And what else is happening? I have and a... that's documentary.tv? DocumentaryTV.com. Dot com. I knew TV was in there somewhere. Yeah. Got it. And, um, I have a I have a short film coming out. I shot last summer in LA. It's called uh, No Filter. Hashtag No Filter. Okay. I didn't make it. I just acted in it. Uh, but it's got just we just found out it's going to play at the the Story Corner in uh, at Cannes this year. Congratulations. So oh, super excited. You. That's very what is cool. that Story Corner? What is that? I think it's uh I, my director's. Chris Graves and Bill Pruitt, they just sent me the email. Like, it just happened. Is so. it like this? Well, congrats. They and is it like the slam dance of Can or something? So it's, it's kind of going know, on It's there? like Can has all these different parts to it. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's a, whoa, it's a part of Khan. <laughs> 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 but, um, yeah, I'm not exactly sure which part. We I think we know by March if we actually screen officially. Into nice. Khan. And so you have this production company. Is a film on the horizon for you guys? Well, man, I feel like I wear so many hats, but I kind of like it that way. Uh, my my uh, husband and I, uh, he directed a feature film called Hunter. It's a vampire love story horror movie mm. that was shot in Chicago during the during a really cold time in the winter. And I, I helped. I'm gonna be old. Is Fred Dreyer in your movie? All right, continue. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I cast it, and um, we're hoping that it, it's done soon. Uh, so that's sort of in the works still. Cool. Yeah, and um, I'm sure I have a bunch of other stuff, but that's that's what I got going on now. Hey, that's a lot for <laughs> Chicago, where you wouldn't think a lot is going on. You think there's a couple TV shows and a couple movies or whatever, but then you make your own projects, and boom, you got a lot going on. Yeah. yeah. Well, the gauntlet's been thrown, Dory. Yeah. How you doing? 
Oh, well, today I worked from home. <laughs> sat on the couch with my dog. <laughs> Things are going great. Thanks. <laughs> so uh, between you and Steve, what is the voiceover community here? Is it like the one in L.A. that there's like a five people yes. who do a ton and yeah, then I, well, you get the scraps? Or I, I think that... that a lot of it has gone away, at least from like maybe 10 years ago. You may think differently, but that's kind of... I guess it depends on maybe which area you're talking about. I think a lot of industrials are still happening, and there are... Uh, I have friends who are doing narrations and various pieces that are may not, may not be at the level of national commercials, right? but they're getting work voicing the announcements you'd hear at a Walmart or at a grocery store. Right. And and again, who's that, that lady who does the airports? Man, that's some Yeah. Adria, I'm, is it you? <laughs> <laughs> she wears a lot of hats. Is it it could be Adria, you guys? <laughs> no, I'm and voiceover's not my strong suit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cuz that lady, when you're coming to it's the same every time. She sounds like my old acting professor right. too, which I didn't, you know, <laughs> neither here nor there. You want to give a shout uh, we out? We got one here. With Mary Charbonnet. <laughs> Mary Charbonnet. But, um, yeah. Yeah. But it, it does seem like I think some of what's happened in the industry and I are you a member of SAG AFTRA at this no, point? I okay. am not. I have been, and Adrian, I know you are, and Paul, I think you are as well. Yeah. There's been a lot of I, I also happen to sit on the board of SAG AFTRA here in Chicago, and there are discussions sometimes that we have about organizing work, but also about where the work has gone. And I think sometimes if if there's not union work, sometimes their business is doing more non-union things or choosing to go that route for their contracts. But I also wonder if with the advent of, of some of the websites like Voices123, Voices.com, if some of the jobs have been going that direction. And mm -hmm. voiceover professionals like Dory, who may be out there working under a certain, you know, working with an agent, trying to get certain work, just aren't finding it because some of those jobs just aren't available through the agencies anymore. Yeah, right. self-submissions, right? Right, right. And the and the sad the sad reality, I guess, of of people being willing to do work for less than even a decent rate. Yes. You know, kind of going mm -hmm. the Fiverr approach of yes, I'll take anything as long as I get the work. I know, isn't that crazy? It it's really is. Like five bucks and you get and they'll okay. put, they'll do well, all this work. I just yeah. I, I can't and, and on a not to jump in, but with in, indie film too and the SAG yes. contracts, I'm yes. like, you guys, it's not a big deal to get a, a low budget, you know, uh, you know, contract exactly. for SAG. And, exactly. and I'll I'll hear so many times, oh, we went, you know, we, we just decided to go. To, you know, non-union. I'm like, so then why though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, to go to go that direction for film for a minute. A lot of the student work that I've done for student films in Chicago has been under the SAG student agreement, which yeah. allows a director yes. who's coming up through any of the educational institutions here mm -hmm. to work with that contract, get a taste of what it's like to have SAG actors and professional actors mm -hmm. in their films, and then because of the agreement. The actors themselves are deferring pay, yep. and they're signing something for certain working conditions. And I mean, it's it it doesn't cost a lot, and it's not as though, you know, you can't get good actors, you know, without it. But it it, it gives a level of professionalism, mm -hmm. and I think some of the, some of that may be what businesses. I don't know if they're shying away from that. Um, but to your earlier point, I think to go back to what, what you were talking about with Dory, there are some professionals here that people know. And definitely will work with because they're quality, they're efficient, they sometimes are recognized, and somebody's like, "Oh, we want to work with so and so because mm -hmm. we know how well they work." 
I know they cut in budgets because you record at home now for a lot of things. I wonder about Finish, that too. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen that a lot where it's like just record it at home, send it to us, and that's the finished product. Sometimes that is. It's and if if you have a decent enough studio or if the the equipment you're working with is high quality, you could send something that might make the final cut. So the producer just pays talent fees and they're done. They they produce their sh- their their thing outside of mixing it together with in whatever some, other audio. Cases, yeah. But mm-hmm. it's just yeah, they don't need to rent a studio. This is why I don't money. audition for anything anymore. No. It made me sad. Yeah. Why? No, but I'm very happy. <laughs> Don't. I mean, I'm. I'm sad uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You're not auditioning. No, I just don't like it. But I mean, I like performing. I just like being asked to do something, as opposed to having to go through all the rigmarole. It is the worst part. You have to love awful. auditioning. And you, you really do. Yeah. And I remember back in college. A long time ago, but I remember my <laughs> my teacher I at think the I just time. Said a while. It was a while ago. <laughs> Whatever. Sometime it was ago. some time ago. Yeah. But I remember him telling me, like, you really have to love doing that. And I was always panic stricken about it. Like, and I knew, and I've done it for a long time. Again, I do a, like a lot of stage stuff, but I don't audition, and I really haven't my whole career. I mean, I have for certain things, but it really makes me very nervous to do it. And I know I always call it the Barbara Streisand effect because Barbara Streisand has an, an also a fear of performing. And I have that. I get very nervous about things. So therefore, I just, you know, I choose not to. <laughs> They'll come to you. I was yeah. going to say, but you've also developed enough contacts and you've done work in Chicago so people have an idea of who you are. Yeah, for definitely yeah. for stage stuff. Right. Of course. And I, and I like it. It's, but, but where you guys really all pursue it and it's what you wanted for your career, I'm sure there was a time, of course, I wanted it for my career. But honestly, I like doing it on the side. I like doing it as, you know, something that goes. I always wanted to make money, too. So I was always nervous that if I did this full time, how am I going to make a buck? Like, and I never wanted to worry about that. So, you know, therefore I have a day job and then I do the theater at night. So it all works out. Let's go to that for a second. So first of all, I'm excited. I think I'm going to see whatever's over at the Goodman. They they don't have a Goodman or a Steppenwolf in LA. Right. Not even close. Because mm. it's not Geffen, a theater community. It's Geffen's kind of close. Taper. Yeah. Well, a Taper, yes, but many of the some they're not always local shows, but sometimes they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, okay, and that's what you're you're making the comparison of. Yeah, just homegrown in house. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Geffen is clo- mm-hmm. probably closest. Okay. But, the, but yeah, I've seen some of the, be- some of the best stuff ever. I've seen. At Steppenwolf and Goodman. Yeah. So I'm hoping Shut to get up. there. I'm hoping to get there on Thursday to see a show. But um, equally legendary, of course, are the uh, comedy theaters in town. And you're over at the Annoyance right now, yeah? Correct. So I'm doing a show called Pony Boy, the musical. And I, I have a propensity for doing raunchy original musicals. It's mm. kind of been <laughs> my thing throughout my life. Explain us some titles. <laughs> um, well, before this, it was Sweetie Maud. That's right. It was that's based on Sweeney Todd, but the all-female lesbian version nice. of okay. Sweeney Todd. Nice. Um, I had done. Manson. Are you or have you ever been a lesbian? 
Um, I have not, nor will I in the future or in the past. <laughs> well, I don't think you can speak for the future, but, but there okay, is, sure. But there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing, of course not. Absolutely, but I played one on the stage, yeah. and I was extremely convincing. <laughs> <laughs> so, stuff like that. How Manson, did that feel? Oh, no, um, oh, how did it <laughs> feel? Right, well, <laughs> to be honest, it felt... Yeah, there's the gong sound. Mm, gong <laughs> the gong, the gong yes, I don't know where It is. felt real good. It would probably feel the same way for you, Paul, with uh, a with another man, right? Well, like, you're, you're leaping there a little. But, uh, <laughs> but, you, a leap but if you leap for me, may I leap for you? You, you may. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, so at Manson the Musical, I had done Tippy, oh. a portrait of a teenage virgin, an after-school special gone bad. My name is Tippy. I am a virgin. I saw it. It was very good. Oh. Well, I don't know if that was the exact song in it, but I'm close, paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. But it yeah. was close. Oh, can I paraphrase? <laughs> I'm tippy. I'm a lesbo. I get it on with other girls. Okay, now you're combining. Learning to like it. You're crossing shows. I, I, yes. I'm making my favorite show out of all of her time. Very good. I'm making a greatest hits show in my head tonight, later by myself in my hotel room. Continue. Yeah. No, those, those are some of them. Band Geeks, the musical. Little House mm. on the Parody. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, so fun. Good. You know, again, so just like fun, campy, raunchy. We have no issue saying, you know, the F word as we throw it on. And just, you know, more adult type content. And actually speaking to that. So I'm currently doing Pony Boy and... Um, my sister decided to bring my 13-year-old uh, niece to the show. Oh, lovely. And, and I had mentioned to my father th- through text, because he asked, would this be appropriate for a 13-year-old? And I said, well... It's at the annoyance. It's at the annoyance. <laughs> and one of the ponies happens to have an appendage that is erect throughout the show. Yes. Okay? And so my sister decides she wants to sit front and center. (laughs) And my poor niece was so miserable that it affected, I mean, I'm talking the actors were like, what is going on with that little girl in the front? Oh, wow. She then oh, said, who's the awful aunt? Who's the, uh, right. And I said, that happens to be my family. And then she had said, um, that show, ru- after the show, it ruined her for the rest of her life. So I have that. You know, I have that. That's Auntie Dory. Uh-huh. That's yeah. it. And that's the first and only show she's ever seen. That I Couldn't have come done. to Schoolhouse Rock Live, could she? No. No, no. no. Well, that was, you know, she that wasn't was born. That's math. Yeah. She wasn't born. Yeah. So <coughs> that's the only thing that she's Is ever that, seen. Was that your big start? With, uh, you know, yeah, Schoolhouse Rock Live, for sure. I mean, it was definitely the thing that I am the original Dory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you get the show, when you rent it and you get your book and it says Dory. It's Dory. It's that is me. The character's yes. named that because you played it. Yes. So I did it for years in Chicago. And Karen and I actually did it when we came back from New York. So Karen came in for somebody else. The original George stayed in it. Um, and myself, I think we were the only two then at the time that came back from New York. So we did it off Broadway. Uh, for a while, and then um, some people stayed and did, I think it ran a total of maybe nine months in New York, but a few of us came back. 
uh, to Chicago, and then some came back a little bit later, um, and then some stayed for the whole run of it. But yeah, it was an extremely good experience as a like a young twenty something, uh, you know, right out of college. It was amazing to do, and um, you know, we were on like MTV and Entertainment <laughs> Tonight and Good to Morning the, get America. Get to meet the, uh, the yeah. Tommy Oe, right, and. Uh, was oh, that his name? No, yeah. t- uh, his Tom name? Bergeron. No, no, we met Tom Bergeron though. On he was on an FX show, but oh, Tom, yo, yeah, I know the guy who wrote the the wrote the yes, songs. and Tom and George, oh, yes, he wrote the and legendary. Bob DeRoe, Bob DeRoe, yes. Yes. yes, who actually just celebrated a birthday. He's like ninety something years old. Wow, wow. yeah, probably. Yeah, Cat- I mean, those are seventies. Yeah, conjunction, earlier. junction. What's your function? I'm just a bill. Um, all of them. So it was a great, it was a great thing. And it's, and it's funny now because as I am older, um, as I've met people like through improv, when I used to do a lot of improv, people would come up to me through who are improvisers and say, you're Dory. We did the show when I was, you know, in college. And I'm like, okay, good for you. Step away. Give me my walker. Yeah, so it was a great experience. Very, very pleased that I got a chance to do it. It kind of seemed like that was, all, yeah, it also set the table for you. Like, you, you haven't done Othello or anything, right? You haven't done, like, nope. you haven't even done, like, a like a Joseph or... Nope. I think everything I've done since then... They're all sort of wacky review And I did a comedy. lot of improv, and then I did sketch. I wrote a show, and we toured that. I used to do a lot of, like, improv and comedy festivals all around the U.S. and internationally, and then just decided I don't want to do that anymore. And then just really concentrated on musicals. But yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be, you know, cast in the Glass Menagerie. I mean, I could be. <laughs> well, you're not auditioning. I'm a heck of an actress. But I just <laughs> prefer to do more. The director's looking for Laura. Right here. Right. right I'm here. your gal. Old Laura. Uh. I'm old Laura. <laughs> <laughs> well, we go all old and then we're fine. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and Ann B. Davis can <laughs> like play my mother. Let me ask you guys a question. We ask everybody who comes on the show: uh, What is your favorite movie of all time? Whoever would like to go first. Very nice. Because usually the response is, "Oh my god, <laughs> I don't know." It's a hard question. So pretend we did all that. And then, what is your favorite movie? I well, comedy would have to be The Jerk. Ooh, good We've choice. We've heard that one before. Steve yeah. Martin. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Super fun. Dorky when he reads the letter in the bathtub. (laughs) Where the ink is running is too funny. Was that was that your first exposure to Steve Martin? Oh gosh, King Tut. Or had you known had you known him before? I feel like he really. I came to know him in that movie as I've seen it so many times. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just think he's such a dork and so (laughs) lovable. And Bernadette, of course. All hail Bernadette. Yeah, Steve Martin's touring. If you get the chance, go see it. I'm going March 6th with Martin Short. Oh, mm, nice. So nice they, they booked a, a Vegas gig, and then they said, maybe we should do more of this. So I guess they're coming to Boston and a whole bunch of other places. Mm. Right. I mean, It's a lot of fun. I saw it, and it's really the good. Both the duo? I saw the oh, duo, of Martin Short oh. and Steve Martin. Nice. Okay, and they brought and the band, right? And it was lovely. Yeah, yeah it was really lovely. Nice. And they're icons. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mr. Hollywood, Marty Short. And then Steve Martin, the legend. He oh, yeah. really has a ton of energy. That March, yeah. I've seen him a few times on stage, but mm-hmm. he was amazing. Yeah, he did the producers out in L.A. with oh. Jason Alexander, and it nice. was tons of fun. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah, still getting it done. Marty Short, still doing it. Classic. So you said comedy was the jerk. Did you have a favorite in some other genre? 
Oh, gosh. I... Well, I just focused on comedy tonight, but I do love <laughs> the Coen Brothers. You know, I love anything Coen Brothers. I'm really wanting to see uh, Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar. Caesar. My number two of all time is No Country for Old Men. That movie, I can't it's even hear like that. Movie. Movie. Mm-hmm. That movie is beyond everything. That's a quote from the movie. It's just beyond <laughs> everything. Um, but it's it's thematically just overwhelming. I, I mean, when you think about what's going on in that movie yeah. and the yeah. way they tell that story and the imagery they use and the, you know, is the one, devil they can and play, all this stuff. They can do anything. They can do super crazy drama. I've seen Hail Caesar. Yeah. And they just, they it's a 180 degree tone shift from yeah. inside Lewin Davis. They and they do, do this anything. every movie. It's And not like, this is a different genre. No, like it's a completely different movie. Yeah. It's amazing. They're, they're phenomenal. So you don't buy into the theory... That I've read about where the Coen brothers are making the same film twice, one dramatic, one comedy. I haven't heard this. Explain, please. Uh, I'd have to go back and find this online, but it was somebody positing the the concept that there are certain films that are are similar, not in tone, but in theme. And I'm trying to think of the comparisons now. I'd have to go back. And oh yeah, well, no, I will look it <laughs> up. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, with the, with the with the emphasis on uh, that they're alternating, that they're essentially doing one drama, one comedy, one drama, one comedy, but they're covering the same ground, just with a tone shift. Hmm. Interesting. So, <laughs> wouldn't that be great if when they make their final film, it's the uh, like a capstone to some crazy arc that we didn't right. even know about until right. they were done, and it's like ah, like they're they're genius. And yeah. some, well, somebody had mentioned that for Hail Caesar, and I think I'm giving anything away for those who haven't seen it, but the time that it's set in, and I think the name of the studio that, uh, that the main character works for, um, is, is referenced also in Barton Fink. Capital Pictures? I believe Capital Pictures is uh. the same studio, so there's a little continuity there. Interesting. Hmm. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're just... Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. So yeah, it had to be... All Cohen Brothers. Nice. <laughs> Everything they've done. Yeah, your yeah. favorite movie of all time? Everything, everything. they've done. <laughs> <laughs> Raising Arizona. I, I accept everything. that. Everything. I accept that. Everything. Dory? Um, I have a couple. And, and I again, I'm going to bring this back old school. But one of my f- all-time favorite movies is Rock and Roll High School. Ooh. Uh, the Ramones. The yeah. Ramones. And you know how they're doing all the movies that are now on TV? Like Grease Live. I just... I'm praying <laughs> for a rock and roll high school. Like PJ Souls, the Ramones. Wow. And oh my gosh. Yeah, I love it. So that's one. And then the other one is The Way We Were. Because I feel like yeah. it's it's every girl, you know, when they see each other at the end and she he's with somebody else and she still brushes his hair out of his face. You know, I watch it every time I go through a breakup, and I watch it a lot. <laughs> oh, <don't laughs> My whole life. My whole life is about watching the way we were and crying, because you have to get it out, right? Like Hubble and Katie. Misty watercolored memories oh, wow. of the way. Never seen it. Can you believe that? What? I know. <laughs> Hubble, <laughs> Hubble and Katie. It's it's a great love story, and probably a lot of guys. Is that Pollock, Sidney Pollock, who made that film? No. Oh, did he direct that? Yeah. I don't know. I, I know Marvin remember. Hamlish did, did, did the score. Yeah. He did the score. Did he? Yeah. He did the score. Yeah, but Pollock might have directed. That might have, that might have been one of his in the seventies. Yeah. Can't remember. Maybe it. I I really like. I really enjoyed the movie. So nice. both of those are kind of my faves, and yeah. I'll watch them anytime that they're on. That's a great double feature, Rock and Roll yeah. High School, and then just <laughs> and then just just one of the guys. <laughs> one of oh really? 
Wow. I know. It's just like anytime it's on, I'll watch them. Okay. Why do, that's the yeah. Yeah. And isn't that your measure? Like if if it if it shows up on cable, you've like I've I'll watch, watch it this. all the Wherever time. Wherever you are yeah. in the film, I'm just gonna keep yeah. with it. When will she show her boobs? You just sitting around <laughs> waiting. I love it when she's on the beach yeah. and she just rips it open yeah. and oh, it's just perfect. Just whatever happened to that? Has did that actress do anything else? I don't know. I don't know. Does it, I don't even know her. Like I, that yeah. guy was on a couple of things. I think her love interest and Sherilyn Fenn was in the movie. Oh, okay, cool. Yes, of course. Twin Played Bates the sister. Yeah, yeah, so she right. did a lot. But the girl, I really don't know if she did anything else. Who knows? I don't know. But you know, that, that happens a lot. The kid, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Or the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Willy Factory. Willy Wonka, right. 70s kid. Mm-hmm. Yes. Never did a one-hit wonder. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. So for those of you who haven't seen it, check it out. It's <laughs> fabulous. Clinton Pillsbury, who played the original Lone Ranger uh, in the 1970s movie. Was a one-hit wonder? Was a one-hit wonder. Oh, wow. And you know that because you, I said Clinton Pillsbury, and you didn't know who I was talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought you meant like Clint <laughs> Howard, who was in Rock and Roll High School. <laughs> okay. Well, now you're just... Ron Howard. You're just brother. obsessed now, yeah. Right, okay. Right. I'm technically one, one Steve, you've contributed to the show forever. Yeah. I don't know your favorite movie of all time. And I'm going to say... And apparently you can give two, so the uh, girls are giving <laughs> two. So. I gave right. three. Yeah, three. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick with one, only because this is, this is probably the movie that I've seen the most in my lifetime. That would be The Empire Strikes Back. And part of the reason a I saw very popular choice on our show. And part of the reason <laughs> I saw it when it came out that summer, it was the summer of 1980, I believe, mm-hmm. that was released. That was the summer I had an allowance, and the theater had air conditioning. So summer afternoon, I would bike to Cinema One in the College Square Mall and go see Empire Strikes Back. In and Cedar ev- Falls? In Cedar Falls. And eventually, I would see Raiders of Lost Ark, which I thought was impressive, too. But Empire got me because the trailer first got me and I don't know if, I hope this is online somewhere anybody who's watching and looks it up I believe the Empire trailer is probably available on YouTube somewhere or Vimeo Most likely. I would hope so to me that's like the best trailer that I've ever seen because it's two second cuts of the entire film or so it seemed scene by scene all out of order hmm. so you're witnessing the story with the tension with the moments of tension that are building and then at the very end Vader comes in at the end of the trailer and all you hear is the and you're seeing like reaction shots all throughout. So you get a taste of almost everything that happens in that film without knowing really what happens in the film. I have to watch that. And that's what brought me in, but also because I liked Star Wars a lot as a kid. And then Empire just became this film I kept watching and watching and watching and watching. And it was a couple of years ago, I got to work with a theater company in Chicago, Aston Rep Theater. They did a staged reading of the original screenplay of Empire, which was the lay bracket version, for those who may know, before... Lawrence Kasdan came on to help rewrite it. And it reads like a first draft. You can find it online. There's a PDF of it out there. Hmm. And it's sort of like, you know, space! Exclamation point, exclamation point. And, and <laughs> Is that you know, Lucas? I, no, no, that's, I that's Leigh Brackett. And maybe Lucas oh, had oh, this hand in okay, it. Gotcha. But, uh, but in, this, in the development of the characters, you'll see certain storylines that are in the final version of the film. But Yoda was called Mensch. No, Minch. Minch was the character <laughs> named Yoda. <laughs> So I got to Minch. read. I got to read for Minch, <laughs> among other characters, as as we were doing this. And as we did the stage reading, two things were happening. One, there were fan art images being projected on a slideshow screen behind us. So if you were in the audience, you're hearing the stage reading with like fan art from Empire and you know things that never happened, but projections and things like that. And then there was a professional stormtrooper 
who attended the fundraiser. I love that there the are such so things. Yes, and it was great. And he was actually out, outside trying to direct traffic into the theater. It's the Den Theater on uh, Milwaukee, for those mm-hmm. who've been there before. And as he was directing traffic in, some Chicago cops came up. And my friend Robert, who runs Aston Rep, was very concerned that the cops were like, oh my God, they're going to shut this down. <laughs> we have to move inside or something like that. No, they wanted a picture with the stormtrooper. Yeah. Which <laughs> makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like the fact that Empire still resonates and and for me it was just great storytelling and like the perfect the perfect suspense uh, of the trilogy it seems like the the strongest film well it's funny that you mentioned the trailer because sometimes you know you you watch a trailer for a movie and it's like you you're like really if this is the best parts of the movie then this is going to be really bad not not buying it (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. well there's a theory i've I've brought up too is that now now that's why they show you this is a theory of mike j nichols friend of the show is, is that now that's why they show you everything. Right. So you can go, oh, I even like the way this is going to end. I should go spend my money. I'm yes. dumb. Yeah. You know? The hero mm-hmm. gets the girl. I want to see this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't want to be in doubt. No right. questions asked. Yeah. No, no. Exactly. And Bart's that way on the show, too. Right. Yeah, he wants the like, hero to come on, get, you know beat everybody up, and then win in the end. And right. Never, never even have a like an obstacle. Just he beats everybody, and he wins, 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 and he's Tom Cruise. He starts kicking ass, and yeah. that's all he does through the rest of the film. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. I thought Han Solo died. I was very young. In Carbonite? Yeah. I, like, I, they explained it all. I watched the, all the, the movies again recently before we went to see The Force see Awakens. Force Awakens, right. And uh, Empires. Uh, I have great affinity for Star Wars of this last time watching it, mm-hmm. too, because that reminds me really of a good 70s movie. Yeah. But something about um, yeah, Empires just puts it ahead. Uh, you know? Yeah. But I, I just they explained it all. You know? I'm yeah. testing this out for when Skywalker <laughs> comes and all that. I just didn't... I, I flew over my head, whatever. I was just like, yeah. no! And then Han... I thought he died. I was crying. My parents had to tell me, no, he's, he's alive. Yeah, he's alive. And I think what also caught me is, or what I realized about the trilogy is that once I saw Return of the Jedi, um, I only saw that once. And I felt like after I got out of the theater that I was done with that. I didn't need to see that again. Empire, for some reason, kept calling me, and maybe it was the air conditioning in the summer and all that. But, <laughs> but Jedi was like, that was it. I saw what I needed to. I'm, I'm done. I didn't, I didn't feel, I sort of checked in with myself after that screening and was like, yeah, I don't need to watch this again. <laughs> I saw I, that six times. I, <laughs> I saw Return of the Jedi and then never saw another Star Wars movie. And so I'm like used to, I never needed to see it again. But and oh, you any, other, the universe any again. other of them <laughs> for the future. Have you, have you seen... No, latest, though, you haven't seen no, no desire to see that, to see the Harry Potter. Movie. I don't know for some reason uh, none of those. Yeah, you're in Karen's book. Lord of the Rings. None of those really speak to me. But I did. I loved them as a kid. I mean, I did. I, I saw. How about uh, uh, Avatar? All of them. Mm. I saw Avatar. Yeah. Didn't, like didn't see Avatar yet, and I liked it. Yet. I actually really liked it. Steve, that's a shame because 3D is the way to see that movie. And on a big screen. I saw it in an HD television when I was walking through an mm. electronic store once. Sure. And I'm like, that's just too crisp. <laughs> they need that filter of film on it so the, they don't look just like a computer. It looked like mist. Mm, okay, Remember right. Mist, yeah. The old game? The old game. It's yeah. old reference night here at the movie, guys. Grab a question. Yes. So we're not sure millennials. As, as sure as I'm Claude Aiken, <laughs> right? Grandpa we're full of old references. Lauren Green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, anyways, all right. So from the greatest movies of all time to what did you see this week? What did you see this week? Yeah. Let's burn through some. What did you see this week? Okay. Uh, whoever would like to begin, and if you're slow, I'll jump in. I saw Straight Outta Compton Ooh. on yeah on pay per view. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, 
Do you see it? Yeah. I have not yet. I did you see it in time for the screening for the voting for the SAG Awards? Yeah. Either of you? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Strong contender for best ensemble. Yeah. There's yeah. tons of great performances from people you've never heard of before. Correct. All really authentic yes. and really good. Especially Kevin Mitchell, I think his name is. Is that right? As uh, Easy E. As Easy E. He was very okay. good. And the, yes, and so the good. Um, Ice Cube son, I, I think, was also right. very yeah, good. Ice Cube. And Dre, yeah. they're all Ice Cube solid. is Ice Cube. Yeah. Mini Cube. <laughs> Mini Cube. <laughs> Junior Cube is yeah. as my, Ice Cube. My one cube beef tube. about that movie, though, is that the women were just kind of, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they, I didn't love it. And, and just overall. You know that going in. Yeah. Well, side pieces. Side pieces and hoes. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, I, I actually loved the movie, but that would be my one little beef. That's all. I didn't love the movie. Um, I thought, it was, I think, because everybody was talking about how fabulous it is, and a lot of times when you have that expectation going into it after you haven't seen it for a long time, sometimes the expectation has to be lowered. But I enjoyed it, and I really liked, like, towards the end of like bringing on like the Tupac, and then you have Snoop Dogg. Like I. That dude I who played, love uh, that. That dude who played Suge Knight was fantastic. Oh, the Suge Knight guy <laughs> was great. Yeah. And, and again, you think in your mind, like, this is real. Like, this right. is this was going on. This is still going on to this day. And the beef that everybody has with one another. So I love those types of movies. Yeah, I but I, the, my, my issue with it would be that they tried to say too much. I mean, there's just too much. There's yeah. a lot. So it's like the second half of the film was like, we got to burn through all the stuff. Th- I absolutely agree with you. And I think that that was why I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought, because yeah. I, and I really wanted me to go and see like a, um, like a behind the music or something and get like the yeah, real, yeah. that always makes me then want to or go read up on it and really find out what. Yeah, is that a good sign happened. of a movie? Because I think it is. You Did know, I like want to read yeah, up on it? It, it started years ago when I saw Braveheart. I was like, did the king really throw his gay son out of window? Like, <laughs> I gotta find out if this how bad dude's that dude. Like, he couldn't, or his his friends, uh, I guess his son's lover or whatever. But either way, I'm like, I had to read to find out all that stuff. Yeah, mm, and the yeah. fact too that Easy E was so young when he unfortunately died. I mean, they they were kids yeah. when this all happened. But amazing, and you know, again, not. I think the expectation was big, but I enjoyed it. Spoiler alert, Dory. Thanks, Easy E. Thanks, appreciate it. Well, Easy in <laughs> real life really died. <laughs> Given uh, anything yeah, away. Yeah, all, right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Sorry, after spoiler alert, <laughs> retro spoiler Okay, yeah, alert. I don't think you can do that, Dory. <laughs> lost the crowd now. Appreciate it. I went to see Zoolander 2, oh. which is getting hammered by critics. I wonder oh. why. But it's the same dumb stuff as the first movie. Like, it's I gotta admit, hammered? the jokes are just kind of the same. So is it the same movie, or is it... Is it anything? Is there is a theme and variation? Is there anything different about this that makes it better? No, no, okay. it's not. It's not better. <laughs> oh, right, because it was newer the first time, and this is more of the same. But the, the point of the, I didn't see Zoolander until like a year ago. So okay, you know, don't you feel like sometimes people just hate on comedy, hate on dumb comedy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, I mean, I, and, reviews, and I like I like that. Every I don't think the reviews are should be as bad as they are. It's not yeah. great, but again, they're not giving you. Like they're giving you just what they did before. It's like the, he's Zoolander's stu- super dumb, Hansel's super dumb. They goof their way through a big adventure as spies. The end. You know, like <laughs> they didn't. Yeah, it's that's what we got before. There I don't are know no Cohen brothers. Yeah, I don't know why it's exactly. Mm. I don't know why it's so horrible now, according to the critics. But Rotten Tomatoes. That seems sad. They're stupid. Yeah, right. <laughs> Aggregate critics. Mm, terrible. Yeah. I saw a short film that's online. 
that I actually helped fund. So, you know, full disclosure. A uh, friend of mine, Angela Sprinkle, who's an actress in Los Angeles. I know Angela. You know Angela. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film is called Happily Ever After. And it's 12 minutes, so if you look it up on YouTube, you can probably find it. It was actually just released online in time for Valentine's Day, because it's a, it's a short comedy, and it's a romantic comedy. And it has, it's an homage to a whole slew of romantic comedies, from the perspective of a woman who's trying to find her perfect match, her Prince Charming, by roping them into scenes from romantic comedies. Oh, I think I can relate to that. <laughs> and so the, yeah, so you and, and I think anybody could. And if you if you've ever watched The Notebook or, or When Harry Met Sally or traditional, you know, rom-coms, um, you might get a kick out of this. It seemed it was very satisfying. It's beautiful beautifully filmed, wonderfully shot. Uh, cinematography is is very sharp. And um, I think she was doing fundraising for this on Indiegogo about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I don't know if it's played at any festivals. But I hope it does, because it is, it is of that caliber, and it's really nice to see her. I had known her actually also through CAFM, Chicago Acting Film Meetup. And when she moved out to Los Angeles, I know she was auditioning for a bunch of things, but like I think every one of us here, you get into a mood where, all right, if I'm not doing something, I want to be creating something. Yeah. I'm not getting hired. I'm not getting auditions. Let's you know, DIY. And that's what she did. And she helped fund this. And uh, you'll see the, the best friend character. I forget the actress's name, but she does a wonderful job. And everybody's well cast. And uh, what's and the what's the, the filmmaker's name again? Uh, uh, well, it's Angela Sprinkle, and Angela she's, Sprinkle. she wrote it, she produced it, did the casting for it. Um, and so, if you look it up on YouTube, "Happily Ever After," I'm sure there are other films and shorts with that title. Isn't there an Annie Sprinkle, who's famous, like a singer? There's or something? Sprinkle Cupcakes. <laughs> and Thank I, you, and I, <laughs> <laughs> Chicago shout out. I think you're thinking of the porn star Annie Sprinkle. Ooh. Is there such a person? There is. Really? Yeah. Just I like that both of you are like, yeah. I think oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Is there a, oh, yeah. He's like, no oh, doubt. there's a porn oh, star. Yeah. You're like, is it? The two of you. <laughs> I know. Oh, ye old Annie Sprinkle. <laughs> We're so cute. Oh. I just I would think there would be that many uh, with people with that last name. I think. Yeah, and it's spelled like it sounds. Yeah. yeah. Well, I see why she's Angela now. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know why I played that. Uh, oh, I also saw Brooklyn. I needed to finish up seeing oh, yeah. all the Oscar nominees at the last right. one I, I, I hadn't seen, so I saw it. What did you think? Okay. <gasps> I thought it was okay, too. Yeah, Nick Hornby's no. involved in the writing, so oh. that's good, but it wasn't quite you know high fidelity or anything. I mean, girl goes to America, for she's Irish immigrant, yeah. has right. doubts, goes back home, whatever, then will she or not go back? That's it. I just described it. I thought it Inside was Out, not nominated for Best Picture. I would need a half hour to explain. You didn't say spoiler That's alert. Good. Yeah. Well, I didn't tell you, you what happened. You just described it. No, <laughs> you said. Well, That's much, all that retro happened. Retro spoiler alert. Well, I did like the actor that played her, um, her husband. The, the, you know, the, the uh, Italian guy? The plumber guy. Yeah, who was that guy? E- I don't Ethan know. something? Yeah, I liked him, but I thought it was just cool. all right. Just Ethan right. Sprinkle. But it's, but it's <laughs> Ethan Sprinkle. Ethan Gong Yeah, right. And again, there's another sprinkle out there. It's famous. It's just interesting <laughs> to me. Uh, like Angela, and I don't remember where so I remember funny. the other one from. Okay, I have to interject. Angela did tell me, she's like, Adria, should I change my last name? I'm like, oh my gosh, heck no. no. It's such a good name. She's like, really? It I'm is. like, it's so great. She's yeah. like, okay. Aww. And I'm sure she asked a whole, like a million other people too, but right. I'm just glad that she didn't change it because I love your name, Angela. Mm-hmm. Sprinkle. It's a great name. Yeah. Yeah. Like if her name were Felchpot or something. Yeah. 
Maybe we should have that conversation. Yeah. Should I change that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, Brooklyn Mediocre. You should have nominated Inside Out. You should have nominated Sicario. I put a, there's a number of great films that oh, were much right. more emotionally right. resonating yeah. than that, uh, which is a, it's just a quality work of prestige stuff that is not new and exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and that's the challenge. I would have nominated Inside Out. Probably the best film I've seen this year. And that's up for Best Animated, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you wanted Best, just Best Feature. Yeah, they nominated up for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. That's Toy true. Story 3. That's true. And this is as good as those. Up is amazing. Yeah, Up yeah. is I my favorite up. Pixar movie. I love yeah. Up. Yep. And, and Inside Out is... They created a world. A whole world. <laughs> Not just Ireland and America. You know, it's, they created it from scratch, from nothing. It's... It, it, that's that's that deserves the best picture. I'll go off on that next week because we'll be covering the uh, the Oscar nominees. That's right. We're coming close. Adrian? Yeah. Oh man, I've seen a lot of movies, and I tis the season. Tis the season, and what I do is is I'll watch them, and then if I really love them, I'll go back and rewatch parts. Yeah. So I did this with uh, Room mm. and in- Infinitely Polar Bear, which I thought Mark Ruffalo totally got, like. Dissed. Oh wow! I thought he was so good. Okay. Did you see it? No, I have not. I knew that he was infinitely in it. polar bear. Okay. I, did you like him? I haven't seen it. No, he, I've heard about this movie. He was though. so good. He was so good. Uh, Can you describe a bit of the film? Yeah, he plays a man suffering from uh, bipolar, a mental illness, okay. and he has a beautiful wife Zoe Saldana and uh, their two children, and she. Uh, has to make money and she decides to go to school and he has to stay home and help the kids and help raise the kids and it's their their struggle of their family uh, but he was such such a nuanced awesome performance yeah that I, I like just him can't get he's pretty raw Mark. yeah <laughs> yeah he's he recently yeah. become one of my favorite actors because you, know, you have those favorite actors and they're kind of your favorites of all time oh I love Harrison yeah, Ford rec- and yeah. I love whatever but Mel, uh Tom Hardy and Mark Ruffalo mm. jumped to right. mm. top of the pack. For oh, me. Tom they're Hardy! Both so good. Oh my God, so good in Revenant. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but yeah, and Room Brie Larson. I just love her. That I movie's just, great. I saw that recently yeah. too. Yeah, I, I guess I saw that in the last couple of weeks. She's so. I just think she's a, yeah, really one of the tour de force female performances this year for me. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you think that she's Oscar worthy? I she's think Oscar she locked. Win. I think. I okay. think she should win. Mm-hmm. I think she's won everything else up to that. Yeah. The Globe. She's BAFTA. the Jennifer Lawrence of this year, where she's gonna win it all. Yeah. Good. Yeah, she won SAG, and that's and, um, yeah. You know, it's yeah. SAG was dumb though. They didn't even nominate Sylvester Stallone. Please. <laughs> <laughs> get the stick out, SAG. <laughs> Well, I get the stick out. That wraps another movie showcast, everybody. Follow us on Twitter at The Movie Guys, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Movie Guys, as well as iTunes, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, Google, all that stuff. Uh, thank you once again to our new listeners on WRFA 107.9 in Jamestown, New York. Please come back every Monday night at 8 p.m. Thanks Woo-hoo. to Dory Goldman and Adria Dawn, hey! everybody. Get some plugs, plugs, thank plugs. Thank you Where for having us. Thank you. AdriaDawn.com. AdriaDawn.com, Dory. Pony Boy at the Annoyance Theater. Directed by oh, Andy Edinger. Yeah. A longtime friend. We yeah. hadn't seen him forever, though, because he's here and I'm in L.A., but uh, I, I admire the hell out of that guy's work. Solid director. Yeah. And writer. Him. He wrote yeah, the whole right. thing and he directed. Yeah, and when nice. I was here uh, in Chicago, he was an actor. So this is all, he's all he's grown still in. Is, but yeah. yeah. I'm sure he's great still, but he's grown into this whole new thing, and I think it's very cool. Almost like building a brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, thanks to Steve Schultz for his writing. Co- oh, wait, Steve's here. Oh. Normally we thank Steve Schultz for his writing contributions, <laughs> but here he is, which is exciting. And as ever, we owe everything to Pat Peach. Remember, you can always find everything we're up to at themovieguys.net. Next week, back in studio, back in the confines of the Admirals Club in Burbank. Uh, with the original quartet of maniacs who normally host the show as we wrap up the February movies and talk Oscars and the best films of 2015. Oh, and one last plug. I'll be on Cooper Barrett's Guide to Surviving Life on Fox. Hey! On Saturday, uh, what, Sunday? What day of the week is that? That would be the 20th. Thank you. The 20th. <laughs> so look for it. 8.30 on Fox. Which Yay! Play a the 20th, FBI guy. The 20th is a Saturday. That's the what you said, 21st. Right? No, I meant Sunday. I've oh, screwed up sorry. my own plug. <laughs> I kicked in my own plug right. Sorry. AdriaDawn.com, I got down. Thanks. I can't remember my own damn plug. But it's Sunday night, 8.30 Eastern on Fox. February 21st. Yeah. I think Steve's right. <laughs> That's all for now. We'll see you later. Well,